Welcome to this talk from Emmaus Road, a church with congregations in Guildford, Woking and Aldershot in the UK. To find out more about who we are and what we're up to, please visit us online at EmmausRoad.com. Matthew chapter 5 verse 1 to 10. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up onto a mountainside and sat down and his disciples came to him and he began to teach them. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. And blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And this is the word of the Lord. Do be seated. And let's just show a hearty uh, round of applause, enthusiasm. Israel, come and share the word of the Lord. We are so grateful for you. Thank you, Israel. Well, thank you. Good morning to you all. Um, Lovely to be here this morning to come and uh, share God's word with you. Uh, Well, this morning we are continuing with our Be Attitude series, and I pray and hope that you have been challenged by this series in the same way that I have been, and I pray that you are in the process of being changed by God's word. I pray that God's word would not return to him void without accomplishing that which it has been said. This, uh, this has been a phenomenal series and it's been so, it's just like I've been learning things that I really never got, that I never knew very or so well about the Beatitudes and I hope you are being changed and transformed by it. And I, and I would encourage you to seriously keep going back and re-listening to it because I think it is quite, it is quite powerful. It, it is really, really powerful and it will help you to understand the very heart of God. So Pete Gregg spoke on the, on the first one, which was blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And uh, he introduced the series and he, he told us that if uh, the Beatitudes were anything, they would have been a manifesto of Jesus. They, the, the, this was the manifesto of Jesus. The Sermon on the Mount is where Jesus gave his manifesto and we found, we found that there in, uh, within the, B, the Beatitudes. And uh, Peter Burton did, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Eric spoke on, blessed are the meek. And he gave us this idea that meekness does not mean weakness, which I thought was quite, was quite cool. He said, meekness is strength under control. And um, uh, Adam, uh, Adam spoke on, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be fulfilled. And this morning, we are looking at the fifth one, which is, blessed are the merciful for they shall be shown mercy. I have found uh, Pete's, uh, Pete, uh, Peter Benton's talk incredibly helpful because Peter Benton showed us that the Beatitudes aren't just primarily ideals to live, to live by or prerequisites of our faith, but that they are prophetic in nature and they point us towards Jesus, who he is, what he has done. 
they point us toward Jesus, who he is and what he can do and what he has already done. He gave us this very helpful illustration in comparing the last, the last series we did, which was the way of wisdom and the Beatitudes. He said that uh, in the, the way of wisdom teaching, the way of wisdom teaching, it is prophetic by nature. Sorry, it is uh, not, it's not prophetic by nature. That's, that's, that's the Beatitude. He said that the, uh, the B, he said it was, it was more, he said, he said the onus or rather the emphasis on the way of wisdom, it's on us and what we can do. The emphasis is on what we can do in order for us to live well, make the right decisions, and how we go about interacting with one another in fulfilling that which God has called us to do. And then he said that the Beatitudes, it is by nature a prophetic, a prophetic teaching. And unlike the, unlike, unlike the way of wisdom, he said that it is pointing us, it is pointing us towards Jesus. He said prophetic teaching points to who God is. And I particularly find this, I, I particularly find that in this B attitude, this is more, that, that point is more illustrated than most of the B attitude. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. So the God, essentially God, mercy is the essence of who God really is. Mercy is how God sees us. Mercy is how God saw us in the sinful world that we find ourselves living in. God is, mercy is how God saw us in our brokenness, in our pain, and in our head because of mercy is who he is. And the prophetic teaching that is the beatitude, it is shifting the focus from us and what we can do to who God is, what he has done. The focus shifts. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, it says, In his great mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus. Because really, mercy is who he is. Mercy is who he is. Now, I have read a few commentaries on this, or on the B attitudes, and I have to say that, I have to say that uh, the few commentaries that I have read really didn't have to say quite as much about the fifth beatitude as compared to the rest of them. And I know you, this is where you are saying, maybe is where you need to update your, 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 uh, uh, your, your books. You need, to, you, you, know, you need to update your, uh, your library, as it were. Perhaps that might be true, but maybe that's also because of, uh, isn't it that Blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. It sounds quite straightforward and obvious, doesn't it? Maybe there's an element that it is, it is what it is. It says, it says exactly how things are. And one of the commentaries, it goes on to explore this idea of mercy and justice. And I've found out since then that mercy and justice are those very, uh, are those very uh, points in theology and in judicial law that are being discussed quite extensively, and uh, the people are still trying to work out, you know, where the differences and where the similarities are. But really, the way from the, from the way I understood it, they were very, they were very, very, very similar, from both from the judicial uh, point of view and from the biblical point of view. And the idea is this: really, the conclusion, really, in most of them, is this: is that justice is getting what we deserve. Justice is getting what you deserve based on what you have done. 
Justice is getting what it deserves based on what we have done. But be it that we have sinned and wronged against God. According to scripture in Romans chapter 5, it says that the wages of sin is death. Therefore, according to scripture, what we have done in how we've lived our life on earth, the results of how we have lived, the decisions that we have made, how we have treated each other, how we have looked on each other in different ways and, and decided who was better, who was in all that sin, according to what we have done, According to justice, according to justice, what we deserve is death because of we have wronged God. However, mercy is who he is. And mercy is how he sees us. Mercy, unlike justice, is getting compassion and love that we did not deserve based on what we have done. There is nothing that we have done as human beings which says we deserve mercy. But mercy, in this teaching, Jesus is pointing us to who God really is. His heart, at the very core of who God is, he is mercy. Mercy is when God gave up his right when God gave up his right to dismiss us, is when God gave up his own right not to love us. God, God, God could have chose to condemn us because of according to justice, that's what we have done. But in because of mercy is who he is, he chose not to. Mercy is when God chose not to treat us according to justice. Because of injustice, we are condemned. But in mercy, we are brought in. Mercy brings us in. Mercy is compassion we did not deserve. In Psalm 103, verse 10, it says this, to really truly describe where the heart of God is in this. It says this. It says, he does not treat us as our sin deserve or pay us according to our iniquities. Because mercy is who he is. The truth is we are a broken and sinful people living in a broken and sinful world where the only thing we really did deserve was the justice of God. Getting what we deserve, but God chose to give that all up and show us mercy. The 17th century uh, pastor and a missionary to the Native Americans, David Bennett, once said something which I know to be true for me, and I know that it will be, you, it, it will, you will identify with it too. He said, I fear that God never showed mercy to one so vile as I. I fear that God never showed mercy to one so vile as I. Mercy is who he really is. Mercy is when God took the posture of generosity, acting with compassion where it was not deserved. And not only does Jesus in the fifth beatitude teach us what mercy is, but he showed it to us when he came and died for us on the cross. It should have been us who died, but Jesus took it upon himself to look at us through mercy. In Romans chapter 5 verse 8 it says, But God demonstrates his own love in this, that whilst we were still sinners, Christ came and he died for us. Notice in that passage of scripture that 
He does not wait for us to deserve it first. He comes into our messed up and sinful world and he rescues us. And at the very heart of all this is who he is, mercy. He showed us mercy. Why? Why? I believe that in this fifth beatitude, blessed are the merciful for they shall be shown mercy. I believe that Jesus here, he is also, he is pointing us, he's also pointing us to a character of God that he wants us to embody and emulate for ourselves in how we live and interact with each other. He is teaching us to embody this characteristic of God. He is teaching us to make mercy the character of God our own character. And then we know this because of in Luke chapter 6, verse 36, Jesus said this. He said, be, be merciful. Be merciful just as your father is merciful. He is pointing us to a character of God that he wants us to have and to have and be able to give it to one another. Because let's face it, we are going to have to live with each other. We are going to have to live each other. And because of we are human, we are going to annoy each other. We are going to annoy each other. We are going to frustrate each other. At times, we are going to say the wrong thing, and we are going to hurt each other. But you see, mercy towards each other, when we show mercy to one Another. It is when we allow God to come and help us navigate our humanness. Mercy to one another helps us to allow God to help us navigate our own humanness. Because let's face it, naturally we human beings are not very merciful. We want to get even, don't we? We want to get even. Naturally, naturally, we are quite a vindictive bunch. Naturally. Mercy is not something that happens naturally to us. I mean, like when you are driving around or you're going on a school run or you're going to the shops and somebody cuts you up at the junction when it is your right of way, you're going to lean on that horn for about a mile as you are behind them. Just to let them know that you disapprove of how they drove you and how they cut you up. And you wait for that beautiful sweet spot on the junction where you could overtake them and be in front of them and say to yourself, yeah, that's how it feels. <laughs> yeah, I got you. How dare you cut me up on a junction when it is my right of way. The truth is we are not very, very merciful. But in the fifth beatitude, Jesus is teaching us to have this character of God that he showed to us to be able to show it to others. In other words, mercy by nature flows, and it flows from the source, and that source is mercy himself, which is God. Mercy flows from God to us and from God to one another. 
so that even under those circumstances when we are being cut up on the junction by somebody who might probably be having a bad day, we can be forgiving. Mercy, mercy is teaching us that we have to allow God to help us navigate our humanness. We're going to have to bear with one another. You're going to have to show mercy to your kids when they get it wrong. You're going to have to show mercy to your parents when they get it wrong, because they will get it wrong. You are going to have to show mercy to your spouse when she comes back from work one day and she's tired and it's her turn to cook, but she fell asleep on the sofa, and then you have to cook. Under those circumstances, you're going to have to show mercy. Is there, is there an amen in the church on that one? Amen. I've never seen, my wife almost leaped out of her seat to shout amen on that one. Mercy flows. Mercy is the character of God that God, wants, that God wants us to adopt for ourselves in how we live and do life with one another. Now, I want you to notice how the language in the fifth Beatitude sounds exactly like that line in the Lord's Prayer when Jesus says, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. The language is pretty similar there. And I believe it's similar on purpose. Because of this is the language of love. This is the language of compassion. This is the language of forgiveness. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. I think what Jesus is trying to say, what Jesus is also saying here is this, which is clear what Jesus is trying to say. But what I think also Jesus is trying to say here is this, is mercy given is mercy received. Mercy should never stay in one place. Mercy, by nature, it doesn't just remain with God. It has to pass down. Mercy is like the stream, as I said, and when it flows, it touches everything in its path. Mercy is what creates room when stuff is difficult, when our humanness gets in the way. Mercy is what makes room for God to come in and work. Because of when you show mercy to somebody, you are giving them something that they don't deserve. And at times they know that they don't deserve it. And because of mercy has been given, there is this questioning that exists between the giver and the receiver. The giver might be feeling very hard, finding it very difficult to show something to someone that they don't deserve. And the person who receives mercy can be left wondering, how on earth did I get what I do not deserve? And there is a gap there. There is a vulnerability that mercy creates when we do it right, when we show it to each other and the other person wants it, there is a vulnerability that mercy creates which allows God room to come in and bring healing and bring freedom and bring restoration. Mercy is the only gap that God can fill and do the necessary work of healing and restoration needed. And all he's saying is, yes, Blessed are those who are the channels of mercy to flow through. Yeah. 
Blessed are those who allow room for mercy for God to come in and bring the most important need of healing and forgiveness. Now, I understand that forgiveness is very complex. I understand and I, I'm happy to accept that some things are a lot harder to forgive than others and that pain can run deep. In this language of forgiveness, I need you to understand though that even though the language is similar that God, that God is, that Jesus is using here, forgiveness doesn't imply that God is limited, that God is limited by our ability to forgive. Because forgiveness can be a process and but forgiveness can be a process which requires, you know, which requires time and professional help. It might require time and professional help. It might be a process that takes you, uh, that takes you a little longer. But the point of the point of forgive us as sins as we forgive those who sin against us. This is what I think it is. It, it it is basically an invitation. It is basically a reminder that in your praying. In your praying, when you ask and seek for forgiveness, remember that you also have to forgive others. Forgiveness is the very heart of who God is. And when we speak about mercy, when Jesus is teaching here on the fifth beatitude, he is also talking into the whole thing of forgiveness. We have to be able to forgive each other. I understand, like I said, that forgiveness is not an E, it's, not, it's a very complex thing. It, it can get really complicated, but it is a principle by which God wants us to live by. And it's not just a principle he is saying we should live by. It is a principle. It's a principle that Jesus knows only too well. So when Jesus is inviting us into forgiveness or the process of forgiveness, he knows what he is talking about. And here is the thing about unforgiveness. Unforgiveness keeps us bound. Unforgiveness keeps us bound, but forgiveness sets us free. Unforgiveness shuts us in, but forgiveness lets us out. Without the mercy of forgiveness, pain and hurt lingers longer than it should. But the path of forgiveness, though it might be a very difficult and a challenged one and a very complex one for that matter, it is the one that leads to light, that leads to restoration, that leads to healing, and that leads to freedom. It is a principle which God, in the fifth beatitude, he is teaching us to embody as our own to practice. I know that forgiveness can be hard, and I know it might raise some issues in some people. My prayer is that you do not remain in the head of in the head of holding a grudge, in the head of holding pain on the inside, that you understand that there is an invitation of forgiveness and an invitation to come into a process of being a forgiving person in the same way that God has forgiven you. Most of you will know that I grew up in, South, in a South African township in, uh, in a South African township called Soshanguve. I was raised by mom and dad. Uh, it was great. But my father was an incredibly difficult man. My dad was very tough on us. I am, I'm the fourth siblings of, out of the seventh. 
my dad was incredibly hard. He demanded a lot more than our small teenage bodies could afford to give physically, mentally, and emotionally. He was really tough. In fact, my dad was so tough on us that when my two elder sisters in their teenage years during the apartheid era, they ran away from home. That's how tough my dad was. He was really hard on us. I got, I got so many beatings from him, and I grew to resent him. So when my siblings, when my two sisters ran away, it was a very confusing moment for me. And then after they ran away during that very difficult time in South Africa, my eldest sister came back one day. And it turns out that she was pregnant. About two months after she gave birth, she escaped again. She ran away from home again because she could not take, she could not take what my dad was putting her through and was putting us through. And my dad, my mom turned to alcohol. My mom turned to alcohol. Every time we came back from school, the house would stink of alcohol because mom, mom as well just couldn't take it. She couldn't see it all. My mom got, you know, we, 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 you know, we were all beat up. We, we, you know, we were all beat up. It was quite hard. So I grew up resenting him. And my sisters, we never knew where they were for about, we never knew for where they were for years. And after my sister gave birth, after she escaped the second time, she came back when my nephew Garabo was about six years old. And still my dad was incredibly very tough. I never grew up in a Christian family. So my dad, when I got saved at the age of 12 in that confused state, in that really hard place, I met Jesus. Yesterday when I penned down this line, I literally broke down in the house. I was on my own because I just realized the day I met Mercy is the day my whole life and my whole existence changed. My whole story, my whole life, not, not that significant or not that big, I'm not that important or that in any way, shape or form, but my life up until, the very, up until this very moment, me saying these very words, it is the result of mercy having met me at the age of 12. At the age of 12, mercy met me and the whole story of my life was rewritten. I haven't got time to go into the whole story, but a few years, a few years later, after I got married and I was living with Anne, we were in Leatherhead, and then uh, we got a phone call that my father was ill. My brother called me. He said, man, dad is really ill. Can you come and see him? And I said, all right, cool. I went and saw my dad. And when I got there, you know, um, between that, we did make some amends a little bit. And when I went to go see him, he was so ill. And one day, he woke up in the middle of the night. He could not breathe, and I had to rush him to the hospital. And when I got to the hospital, he was so frail. This tough man that I've known, he was so frail. And then when, I got to, when we got to the hospital, I remember as clear as daylight. And I, and I remember it as clear as daylight. And I remember the Holy Spirit. I remember the Lord saying to me, pray for him. Pray for him and ask him if he wants to accept Jesus in his life. Here is a man I've been praying for 11 years, a man, in all honesty, I hated, I think. In all honesty, I, hate, I resented the man for what he has put me and my family through. I hated him, but here is the thing. The Holy Spirit said to me, God, I believe this to this day, that that was the Lord. He said, why don't you pray for him and lead him to the Lord? You don't need to come and ask me twice to lead anybody to the Lord. 
once, once, just say somebody needs to come to the Lord. I'm there in a matter of minutes. I had never been so terrified because of my dad. Remember that he was a traditional Zulu man. And then in the Zulu culture, they believe in idol worship. And in idol worship, you know, they pray to different idols, to gods. And part of the reason why our relationship was also fractured is because of the age of 15, I was supposed to carry an animal. Sorry to say this is a bit graphic. I was supposed to carry an animal on my back, on my back when it was bleeding so that I could talk to the ancestors. And I refused. And his whole family absolutely hated me to this very day. Some of them, they can't even stand me. Some of them I don't even know anymore. And it was harder throwing that element into it. But here is the thing. Here is the thing. God was asking me, in essence, to show him mercy. Forgiveness, I appreciate, is difficult. I've been there, I know. Forgiveness is hard. To let go of those feelings and those emotions and that hurt and that pain is very difficult. But blessed, blessed are those Blessed are those who show mercy, for they shall be shown mercy. I led my dad to the Lord, and I prayed for him. And then two weeks later, I get a call to say he's died. Mercy rewrote my life. The very essence of who God is, mercy, rewrote my life. I don't know what area of mercy amongst other people you struggle with. But here is Jesus' invitation just as it was for me. Mercy is calling you to rewrite somebody else's life. Because of mercy is the very essence of who he is. I want to read you a quote by the famous pastor and author Rick Warren. And it says this. God's mercy to us is the motivation of for showing mercy to others. And here is the part that I have witnessed in my life, and I pray you get to witness it too. Remember, you will never be asked to forgive someone else more than God has forgiven you. Mercy is the call to forgiveness. Forgiveness is not cheap, but forgiveness is liberating. Forgiveness will set you free. Showing mercy will set you free. Blessed are those who are merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. Thank you.